Hey everyone, this is Mukul and this is Swapnil. Welcome to Going Slow Podcast, where we discuss our product journeys and also have casual discussions around life, universe and everything in between. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 18 of Going Slow Podcast. Hey Swapnil, how's your week going? Traveled a bit, back to home. How's your thing? Oh, it, 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 it's amazing. So basically now... It's almost, I think, 11 days I've been here. So now I'm getting a little bit. So for first 10 days, I was with a friend. And after those 10 days, I would say the real solo traveling trip started. So for the last two days, I'm now working on things like basically figuring out like how much should I work in a day and what should I do in the remaining time. So it's been fun. I, I like it. You know, there's a lot of planning I have to do. Which sometimes I don't like <laughs> the logistics yeah. where where I need to go and how I sh- should go there, how I should reach there and all those things. But I think it's part of the fun. So definitely love it. To be honest, I'm doing a lot of... So before coming here, I just set some, a small rule that I should do one small new thing daily. It should mm-hmm. be small, it should be big, doesn't matter. So yeah, I'm trying to do that as much as I can. But sometimes in a week, I'm trying to just like really not so do anything because it gets uh, really tiring if you do every every day you're doing something and stuff. So for the day before yesterday, I was like totally relaxing, nothing, just scrolling on my laptop, <laughs> sitting in a cafe and then figuring out what should I do next. In terms of like what things to... Mm-hmm. So yeah, on the days that you did explore, so what were some of the new things that you did over the last 10 days? Yeah, so I have been booking a lot of Airbnb experiences. So Airbnb, I guess it's famous for stays, but they have very nice experiences section too, where you where basically it's like events, the locals host an event and then you can assign to that, you can basically book that event. And there will be a lot of people with you or you can book it with your friends. So there are a lot of amazing, I would say, Airbnb experiences here. And I'm just like trying to explore as many different experiences as I can. So just to give you a chance, like there was uh, one experience on basically a wine tour. It was like a whole day thing. It was a wine tour. So have you heard of port? Yeah. So, I mean, port wine is like, I would say a type of wine, which is like, basically, it's basically it's, made it's, here it's, in Porto. So I went through the whole process of how it is made, how grape farming and all those happens. So it was like the full experience and you can taste like different types of wine uh, just to get an idea of like, what's the difference? what different types of wines are made and history behind it. There are a few, like, I would say food here is amazing. So I like the local food. And they have one uh, sweet dish called pastel de neta. It's very amazing to taste. And they have like a small cooking class for those. So it's like a two hours cooking class. So (laughs) yeah, I took those classes. It was really nice. Like it was a really nice experience because uh, there were a lot of people with us and it was fun to do that kind of activity and got to learn, oh, this, we can make this. Otherwise I wouldn't have uh, put an effort to learn that. So it was kind of nice experience, I would say, local authentic experience. 
So yeah, I'm just trying to figure out all other experiences I could like, do. So yeah, figuring things out. I mean, I love it. Like basically you get to meet a lot of new people who are doing a lot of interesting things. I used to think, I mean, when I started like solo traveling, there was no one. I would say in my friend group who was solo traveling like this, like for two months, three months. But here I'm finding all people are solo traveling. <laughs> so, so it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's not so new. Like many people are doing it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, of the people that are there, what kind of work do they do? So like, I'm just trying to understand what's the ratio of people in tech versus what are the other things that people do? Hmm. That's interesting. Like in whole Lisbon, it's totally different. The place where I'm staying right now, this week, there are a lot of software developers. Uh, there are a few entrepreneurs too. There are, I would say, people from, in, like there, there's one person I met yesterday who was nutrition. But like overall in Lisbon, like in the whole journey, I've met a lot of different, different people who are doing like very different things. There was one person I met who was like a sound engineer for podcast, which I what found is a okay. Sound I, I, I currently didn't get a chance to like ask many more questions on that, but that was unique. Like sound engineer for yeah. podcast, like okay. basically managing all the, mm, I would say groundwork, I guess, for the podcast, like to make it sound good and all those things and editing and all those stuff. I think that was it. I met uh, one that's uh, interesting was basically he had a 1960s vintage car and he used to do, I would say, he used to host marriage events. So for example, whenever there is a marriage and the, the people would book him. So that's like the going away ceremony, like <laughs> the, the last part of it they could do in his vintage car. So he used to do that for a time and he he showed me the picture of the car. It looked amazing. And I was like, oh, that's like interesting. <laughs> that's that's different. And he was very happy and he was in love what he was doing. And I found that, oh, that's like the best part. Like he's doing like the, I would say the thing he really likes. But yeah, I mean, so different kinds of professions, I would say I got a, I mean, totally different life stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, the best part about solo travel is the stories that you get to hear. Even though you might forget the stories themselves, yeah. but you change after hearing them. And especially because people are also very open sharing them. It's just the vibe of that place. You know, there's no friend around maybe to judge you and so you, you get vulnerable and then you share a bunch of things so yeah I think that's a bug for the place to be yeah definitely like and everybody is so open in that way like for example somebody hosted like because everybody is solo traveling when I'm right now like most of the people are solo traveling so basically somebody just posted in a whatsapp group that hey anybody wants to go for dinner and Eventually, like almost seven to eight people joined in and nobody knew each other, like one or two people knew each other, but not more than that. And we all basically started talking each other when we were there at the dinner. And yeah, um, yeah that was interesting because like everybody had like a very unique story, like to experience. There was one person I remember 
I starting him yesterday. His company is working on arranges events for all the big things, like for example, London Olympics, Dubai Expo, all those things. So he was just telling like how things work, how things like get approved, and what difficulties are and stuff. So yeah, I mean, it was people are like definitely open to share and to discuss basically. Like there are like obviously like all good vibes everywhere. So yeah, <laughs> totally like that. Yeah, I think vibes is all you need. I think with time, uh, <laughs> and that is what the Web three community like. Whenever I heard of hear of vibes, Web three is what comes to my mind <laughs> at the top because they are associating with vibes a lot. You you see people having fun, and you want to be a part of it, and uh, all all the rest of the things are secondary. I think as long as you're enjoying yeah. your present wherever you are now, you have good vibes basically all around. Yeah, you want to be in that state. So yeah, and, I mean it, it. It's it's like I would say starting that business thing because before starting it, you find it very scary. But once you do it, you're like, oh, okay, I can do it. <laughs> so I found it on the similar note. Uh, I mean. I never thought, I mean, I never found it till now that it would be like, um, I would say intensive or like, this is something I can't do it also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, really liking the experience so far. It's crazy how we relate everything to business. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything is, I would say like similar because you can't like change your personality from uh, one domain to other, right? Like it will map <laughs> your yeah. your one personality to will be, will map to the other thing you are doing. Because I mean, I I like basically can't change like the whole <laughs> personality or the way I think from like those business I'm working in in traveling. I think it influences each other. Mm. What about you? I saw one tweet from Rocket that the cohort is ending. Is, is that right? Yeah. How is it? Yeah. How is it? Yeah. So the content sessions just ended on Monday. That was the last last content session, and now we have some company sessions. There was one yesterday. There is one today. So it's basically think of it as placement talks, wherein a company comes to talk about their culture and uh, everything and at the end you get to ask questions basically to you know build relationships that is something that you just started in this cohort before that we did not have this because again it takes resources right it is ops <laughs> at the end to arrange it you have to so for example so someone from our team will need to be there for the duration of the goal so yeah but yeah i think this is it's an experiment we're trying this forward and I think it should help in candidates being more interested in companies because I feel what happens is it's very hard to communicate all of the things about a company in a GD. But when you actually maybe ask someone to talk about their company, they can tell you a lot more things. They can tell you how's the working style, what are you expected to work on daily, what is the growth opportunity. How do you have fun in the team, right? Do you have mm. weekly events, monthly events? Maybe talk about some 
interesting open source work or some conference meetup talks that their their employees did in the past few months. So yeah, I think overall it's a good opportunity to present a company, and uh, at the same time it gives students a good calibration of the kind of companies that are out there. I don't see a lot of companies with full culture. So just knowing that good companies exist, I think that is a, that is a confidence boost in itself. So you know that you can work for them. So yeah, I think that was the whole intention behind it. We take feedback after every session. So we are right now we're just figuring out how do these sessions go this week. And then we'll think, should we do more of it? Should we continue the next cohort? So yeah, just thinking along those lines. Oh, that's uh, amazing. I, I, I mean, I think the hiring part is getting really competitive, right? Like so many startups, so many people. And, and uh, uh, then uh, like previously, I mean, the person who was interviewing needed to prove himself. Now I feel the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, other, yeah. other party needs to prove himself, prove themselves to that. Oh, like. You know, like you can join or play. <laughs> I mean, whenever we used to think of like hiring someone, we used to get so scared because <laughs> because there's a brand presence and stuff, right? Like without that, it's difficult to hire. I would say. Yeah. So I think yeah, that is where we come in, right? We our primary customer is a founder or a company that does not have a good brand presence yet. They are building it, but mm-hmm. we come in, we boost their their funnel. And mm-hmm. at the same time, to the candidates, we provide a vetted pool of companies. So there is that validation there. And like you said, right, on the changing landscape in the hiring industry, I think this accelerated after the pandemic or during the pandemic where most or all companies went remote and Mm -hmm. the main core the main thing that changes people now don't have locational constraints anymore previously there was you're in a city there's probably a five kilometer radius in which you can look for more companies because everything else is settled you maybe have a house there your spouse is working nearby you or your kids are maybe going to school nearby. So you can't just um, make a decision to switch very impulsively or very easily. There is switching cost involved. But after going remote, after, so previously also there was remote work, but I would say maybe let's say 1% of the companies were doing it. But in the pandemic, 99, 100% of the companies were doing it. In one shot, this, this equilibrium got displaced. Like it, it just got flipped on its head. Now, person from Guwahati can apply for a job in Bangalore. And uh, not just in Bangalore, 2,000 other cities in India. And uh, yeah, so the optionality has just exploded. So yeah, right now, like you said, it's not just the candidates having to prove themselves to a company, but also the other way around wherein the company needs to sell needs to communicate yeah, with and convince someone on why should they join their company and not someone else's. 
So, yeah. And also, so where we come in is we already vet the candidates on the tech skills, right? So before, even before, so whoever we have in our cohort, they're already vetted. So now it's just a matter of we already are convinced, we already know that they are employable. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of where do they get fit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, even on the company side, the validation is, yeah, these, even if you don't take any interviews, we are sure that they are good. It's just that now we need to tell them why they should join you and not someone else. So, yeah, I think the market, especially in tech, of yeah. course, in the skilled sector, if, if you are just started out in tech, then of course we are replaceable, but if you have spent a few months and uh, reached a stage wherein you can handle like a full-blown app, I think you're the very good place. Yeah, man, it's uh, one of those things. Like, I feel like why wasn't it normal before the working from anywhere thing? <laughs> now that it's happened, uh, like, uh, oh, it should have been normal way before than now. But so one question I had was like, do you have like copycats who do like try to copy or mimic the exact same thing or like blindly copy? I have. So when you say copycat, do you mean of the business or on the projects? On the business. On the business. Got it. No, I haven't seen uh, exact copycat yet because I feel it is hard to execute operationally. Uh-huh, there is a high barrier to entry. There's a chicken egg problem to the marketplace. You can't, let's say if you have to start out today and make a copy, since it's a talent marketplace, it's, so we pitch ourselves as the Airbnb of tech hiring in India. So if you mm-hmm. have to just start out, you need to seed the marketplace. You need to get good talent there. And when you go about doing that, then you are competing with, okay, why should someone go to them and not you? And same goes on the hiring side as well, which is to get good hiring partners, you need good candidates. And it's, it's like a chicken egg problem. You need to solve something first. Incredible. So it's like operational heavy and very much dependent on brand. So for example, if you are like any famous brand like coca-cola you can't just make a drink copycat drink and make it successful because you don't have the brand of coca-cola so got it that makes total sense that makes i mean yeah it's clear like we recently have a (laughs) very like i would say a copycat kind of scenario Mm-hmm. And I think in tech, it is possible. In tech, or I would say in Shopify apps, it's very possible to build a copycat, like copy app. Yeah. And so it's like every feature we build, it will be copied like text to text <laughs> in their platform. Oh. And oh. it's very weird and like uh, frustrating. That, that, yeah, that must be frustrating. That feels, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, it feels like stealing in some sense. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's frustrating and funny too, because I mean, if you're, I mean, copying is okay because like features are the same. So you basically build same with like kind of features and stuff. But if you're stealing, steal like an artist. So <laughs> if it's like, for example, if you see the screenshot from both the screens, it's like basically text to text matching. And I was like, I mean, it's fine. Like, 
I mean, if you're copying and competition is good and stuff, if you're copying copy, that's not an issue. But like the exact match is really frustrating because like they just copy paste everything, every feature, every, it's like the exact match. And basically, I would say their strategy is currently to price here, their products lower, like way lower, I would say. What, what's so, the yes. I think pricing starts from five dollar per month and nine dollar per month. I would say it's like very copy of ours. I would say it's like fifteen dollar per per plan of ours match with their five dollar per month, and our thirty dollar per month plan matches with nine dollar per month. So uh, yeah, man, that's a weird phase. Like uh, it's a weird and like uh, a little bit frustrating, I would say. But we don't just want to like we just want to ignore that part as of now because, I mean, I'm not sure it's not sustainable as such, and there's nothing that much we can I would say do about it and so. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, initially we it almost feels yeah. like. They put out okay to quickly confirm. Like, have you tried that product? Is it buggy? Is it smooth? How's the user experience? I haven't tried it to be honest. So my co-founder he has tried, but it's like one of those things. Like, it's buggy at the start, and then you improve on it, work on it, and all those things. But right. I, I, I mean, hmm. I mean to be honest, like no issues with the competition. Competition is good. Like, it's the issue with the like exact copying like text to yeah, text yeah, like yeah. <laughs> like not even like the user experience too like it should be on the top it should be on the like i mean every part is like same so i feel that's yeah. a bit weird yeah i think that uh, is it's bad <laughs> yeah yeah like, I mean, and, it's not like an exact copy they have a different method so basically it is re-level and uh, they instead of projects so they talk about the same things as we do on our website which is leveling the playing field and uh, giving access to opportunities based on skills and everything but the execution method is a bit different as in they take some test to identify with people and then they connect to companies and ours is different which is we as for projects and all, so they are a competitor, but it's not like an exact copy. So yeah, I don't feel bad about it. I feel, of course, competition is validation that you're doing something right. So yeah. if there's no competitor, then maybe we should stop and think and really think, really uh, ponder on if you are doing something right or are you just fooling yourself? So I think competition is like, is the best validation of things are going right. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we are currently trying to, I would say, ignore it as much as we can, but you know, like obviously like we are human and stuff, so it feels weird and frustrating at the same time. <laughs> so yeah, we are just like processing it currently. Yeah. It, it might also be the case that I've seen SaaS products, I've seen uh, people posting 
such requirements on the freelancing websites like Freelancer, Upwork, where they just say, here is the product, just make a coffee. And I, they will, <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel it's easy to copy, but at the same time, they, it, it's a long-term game. Maybe you, you will, will get some business at the start, but you have to build trust. You have to convince the other person that you'd be around for a long time and will not, your customer service is sponsored. You're not, if they're stuck somewhere, you can't just be able for days. Like you have to resolve things on priority and then it shows up in your reviews as well. So I think those kind of things is something where our eventual moat lies. Feature-wise, I think everything becomes a commodity. Yeah. But the way of doing and the operations, like I was saying, how you treat customers, how fast and how, what's your way of resolving queries. I think those are things that, that are hard to copy. But feature-wise, if you see like now, all browsers are same, right? There's not, not much difference. Phones, again, Android, iOS, both are moving towards same design, same widgets, all, all things are, if you see patterns on websites, they'll have search bar at the same place. You can expect search bar to visit on a similar place on every website. So I think all those things. So yeah, I think that's a good example to talk about, right? They say Amazon and Flipkart. UI wise, feature wise, things are same, but most of my friends are ordered from Amazon. And uh, it's mostly because they trust the brand. And I think that is something you cannot copy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, that, that I agree. That's why I asked you the question and I feel like the brand part is really helpful. I would say it's like, I would say pros and cons of Shopify platform because like it's easy to start and gain customers, but it's difficult to build a brand. So that's like, I would say trade you have to make uh, while building the Shopify app because while installing any Shopify app, actually customer just want their requirement to be fulfilled. They most of the time they don't really care which app they are using as long as it's good. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I would say like part of the game we are playing, but yeah, I mean, that's definitely. So talking about, I think we, we touched upon that the, the changes in the talent marketplace sites, right? Where you're talking about that everyone has this. Previously, they had like a five kilometer radius where they could look, but now it is thousand next more. So you were saying that it is one of those things that you wonder why it used to happen before, right? Mm. So I think because it's sentence, it is, again, the current situation is not being met with open arms by companies because they don't have predictability on retention. Since every employee of theirs has a lot of more opportunities that they can take up any day, there's no real visibility to whether they're going to stick around or leave tomorrow. And uh, companies have not figured it out yet. So it's been more than a year due to remote work. Mm -hmm. 
every company or no company that I talk to, no one has it figured out. And uh, their only solution to this is that they want to make it in person as early as possible. We want people to come to that city. Even if you don't come to offices every day, but you may be required to do for some days in a week. And that is mostly to ensure that you are in that city so that at least uh, you have some switching cost. You cannot just be in Bangalore right now and apply to a position in Delhi because if you do, then you'll have to switch. Because again, the other company would expect you to be in the same city. And I think that is the only retention technique that the industry has figured out. I feel this is going to stay. I, I don't think remote work is, is yeah. going to stay unless, unless we figure out the right incentives and also people are also now realizing that they need that when interaction they need to attend those friday fun events and team outings those parties office parties so yeah people want to go mm-hmm. to office now and i think like you touched upon in the last episode right instead of remote the the core the core part of what everyone likes about it is the async nature of it which is you don't need to be in front of the laptop from nine to five. You can work on your own schedule and you can just attend the main meetings that are needed. The thing that I feel that can work out is maybe people don't go to the office, but they stay, stay nearby and they work at their own time. So I feel that is something that is the best of both worlds. You have employees have freedom and companies have some, some predictability in retention. So I, I mean, I saw uh, like, I kind of thought that would happen. Like the remote work, basically the, it would, there, there will be some restrictions that you should be in the same city and all. Yeah. So that's definitely interesting to be, I mean, to be honest, like the async remote kind of thing, actual async remote, I have seen that happen in companies who are I would say extremely profitable and small, right? not in a big company. Like for example, if it's like small, I would say bootstrapped or some seed around and extremely profitable. In that case, I have seen this thing happening. Like for example, Buffer, Basecamp, or I mean, there are Postmark, Vibrate, Gumroad. So all these companies, like they privilege to do that came when they were like extreme, they got like extremely profitable. Yeah. Mm. So basically the, yeah. the thing that is working for the retention is their culture, wherein since the company is already in a good state, you're not running behind tasks anymore. If you compare it to a typical early stage startup, wherein yeah. You have limited cash flow. You're always worried about running out of money and your aim is to yeah. show growth numbers so that you can raise the next round. So you'll be working for 12, 15 hours a day there. But you know, like you said, the companies that are small profitable, they can afford going remote and providing that leeway 
So basically, this is a whole other level of trust, right? That you trust your employees that uh, they'll not abruptly or maybe some small money increase or whatever. They'll not leave that. And the reason that they have confidence in that is because of their culture and they know that they're not being burned out and they enjoy the work there, those kind of things. Like, you know, high growth place. Yeah. It's it's very easy to get frustrated one day and impulsively yeah. take a new job the other day. And yeah. just allowing remote work just increases the options, which I feel the HRs have figured out that it's not a wise thing for them. Or maybe they're not in a position to allow that thing as long as they are in the CBC, CBC stage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as an employer, I have different feelings as an employee. <laughs> I have different <laughs> feelings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, if I'm searching a job as an employee, I would try to find what's like best for my scenario and not like the company scenario. I mean, like, for example, like if I like, like many people like to go to the job, like I have few friends who have moved to Bangalore now because they were missing that in-person working culture and experience. So uh, totally understand that that is something I'd never missed. <laughs> so, so I was like, uh, okay, I'm totally okay with the whole remote thing. So I guess, yeah, I mean, it totally depends on the person itself but if someone is looking for the remote job remote working opportunity and they are, they don't want to go back to office so there are some opportunities available in that area too so the i think goal is like what exactly do you want <laughs> do you want to because there are no every choice is right like there is no there are no wrong choices like even if you go to office and that's like an experience too but if you don't go to the office and go work from home then basically anything like if you're traveling and working like that's like a different experience too so what kind of experience you're choosing that totally makes sense and yeah if you're in the same space the, the growth rate might be high that that is true maybe so it totally depends like what what exactly your priorities are in terms of like work and life because people like it's like a i would say design problem where you have to design your work and life in a way that you love it and if you are too focused on work part then you'll be like oh <laughs> what happened to the life part so it's both mostly like if if you like whatever you are doing <laughs> then it's fine like if you are looking forward to go to the office that's perfect too if you are not looking forward to go to the office then there are options available for which we have to fight for but once you get it it's like other thing so i mean it's like do whatever makes you happy kind of scenario like there are tons and tons of opportunities available whatever makes you feel happy and best and it, uh, it makes you feel that you're not wasting your time or like for example there is a thing there is a thought process where you think like oh i'll work i'll slog my hours for five for five days and then chill on saturday sunday instead of that 
I'll have a good time on Monday to Friday and I'll also have a good time on Saturday, Sunday. That's like a good thought process instead of like having like ha- assigning like bad days and good days. <laughs> Do you agree though? Like, uh, or was it like too, like, was it like too ideal or I mean, not true, not possible kind of situation? So we were designing a balanced or a happy life in, in all yeah. cases and all day. I think it is definitely doable. It takes time, of course. And there's a rite of passage involved as well. So I was talking to this person earlier today and they're like 22 years old and they're saying that they're done with work. Like they don't know what to work anymore. And like at, at that time, the way that they were talking, they sounded mature and everything. And uh, it just came up sometime, the age part. And they said, they're 22 years old. I'm like, how can you be fed up with things at 22? There's like a lot more things to come. You haven't even seen the word yet, right? So I think life is just a series of like finding your deal breakers. So you experience, so you find your deal breakers through a lot of experience. It's very hard to go the other way where it, you make a list of things and based on that, you find the right fit for yourself, applicable in all areas of life. So it's that you are in a situation and for everything that is happening or any factor, you just ask yourself, is this a deal breaker or can you live with it? And if it's a deal breaker, you sort of move out of that situation and then you find something else. And uh, as long as you're in a state where there's no real deal breaker for you, I think that's a good state to be in. So the thing that we're talking about, right? The weekdays versus weekend wala thing. So I feel both for you and me, the weekend separation was a deal breaker at that point wherein we didn't want to have that kind of constraint and yeah so then we acted upon it so if someone is okay with that and that is perfectly fine but as long as you're able to acknowledge i keep by your deal breakers and actively move from move away from them life is not that much complicated yeah, and then at 22, fed up. <laughs> at 22, like fed up yeah. kind of feeling. It's uh, it's totally new yeah. to me. <laughs> because uh, there are so many different things. A lot because I think it's all about perspective. Because, You're like uh, in that this is sort of perspective, that small perspective. But I I would say like not like like not like saying again. Whenever I go to solo traveling, like I went to Turkey before for two weeks, like three years back. Whenever I went to solo traveling, it always pushes my perspective <laughs> because uh, I get to see, oh, people are doing this, oh, people are doing that. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is possible too. Like there are, I met few people who were just traveling for two years and they no. were not like, <laughs> they were not, they were like figuring out how, so, so in their thought process, their plan was to travel. And to do that travel, how can I support it via making money? 
So it was something right. like they will travel and they will do something local or they will teach or they will do few things to earn money and then they travel. So I was like, okay, this is a totally different perspective where you are, you are not working and then traveling, you're traveling and for it, you're working. And this like one of those scenarios that, uh, like, and you get to meet Lord. I mean, that perspective thing really helps. I would say like once you're feeling constrained in your perspective and then you see oh, people from other, like when it opens up, like it opens here, like all kind of different scenarios that is possible for you to do. Yeah, that's interesting. Definitely. Yeah. So this person was trying to, so I was talking to them. And so I asked the question, which is what, so it's been 30 days in March. What were your top three moments of fun? Where you loved those moments, you had fun. And uh, then they told that they traveled for four days in the month. And that was the high point. All of the events mentioned were from those four days. And then my follow-up question was, when are you, uh, when are you going in April? And they said, no, we are not going. And I'm like, of the last 30 days, those are the four days that you liked. You should do six days traveling in April. You should do more and, you know, you just find out, just enjoy more. Or if not six, then at least you should continue doing four, right? Because those were, you yourself are saying that those were your high points. So what's the... The point of postponing things. We 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 are a bit uh, engineered to feel guilty when you are having too much. <laughs> if you're yeah. like traveling for two three weeks, like it's like oh yeah, maybe I should feel guilty that I'm not doing any kind of work and so <laughs> I feel we are yeah. a bit engineered. Yeah, actually this this went into sort of like a therapy sessions and like after a point I was like okay no let's stop it here and actually we went into this thing only that you should have empathy and sympathy for yourself. Because that is that is key. That is how you start being happy. And you touched on why you're not doing this. And the answer was they don't feel they're worthy of it. And yeah, I think that was sad because you're talking about your own empathy, sympathy, like your own self-compassion. And if you don't feel you're worth it, then I think you need to work on it. Life becomes easier. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, the only goal is to maximize the happiness and whatever <laughs> that's like the optimization function <laughs> and, yeah. and just figure out like what you can do to achieve that. Also, all right, um, wrap this up. Do you want to do an outro? Awesome. So, yeah, folks, this was all for today. Let us know if you resonated with some of the thoughts of this episode. I think we went a bit philosophical there <laughs> towards the end. But yeah, let us know what you'd like to hear more of. And that's all for today. See you next time. Until then, stay curious and don't forget to have fun.